Good afternoon, friends. Welcome to another grand and glorious day in the best little city in America, where we will spend a couple hours here on the Patrick Lally Show, engaging in energetic and entertaining conversation on local, state, national news and politics. Uh, we're going to discuss a little bit of uh, traffic-y, license plate kind of stuff, and, of course, the universe. That's right, the universe. Life in the universe. You're going to want to stick around for that. I mean, that's a big topic. Who wouldn't want to talk about that? I mean, you know, come on. Uber producer Dan Peters is in studio with us today. As always, thanks for tuning us in at Information 1000 KSOO. Maybe you're out driving around in your car on this lovely, cool afternoon. And it is cool. I liked it. It's a good day. Perhaps you're streamed live at KSO.com using the KSO mobile app with the one-touch streaming and the updates and all that. Remember, we are on Facebook Live most of the time. Most of the time. Almost always at the beginning of the show, for sure. And then uh, the Twitter account, at P. Lally Show, where you can chat with us. I appreciate that. Dan has updates for you. He has uh, links, uh, conversation, that sort of thing. You know what today is, Dan? What is today? Today's Tuesday. The day after Happy Radio Day. Yep. The happy after the radio day. And everybody's got the Happy Radio Day hangover, of course, because it's radio. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's a city council meeting tonight, and it looks kind of packed, looks kind of uh, tense. The agenda is full. The agenda is full, and there are some things on there that people are going to be chatty about. So... That means that it's a perfect opportunity for you good people to come down to Club David and join us for public input at Club David. That's, of course, right across the street from Town Hall, Carnegie Town Hall, where the city council meets. Stones throw, as they like to say. And uh, we'll be sitting there having our watch party with uh, specials, a little city council bingo. The city council bingo continues to be a big hit. Because, you know, it's a distraction. But it's it's been fun. Uh, there is, tonight's drink special is the Pat Star. And I, I don't think I can, I probably shouldn't, you know, say what it is over the air. I don't know why. But it involves a fine American lager and um, some fine American spirits. One right after the other. Well, all right. For a low, low price. See, that's why people should come to Club David, so that they can experience the Pat Starr special. Yeah, the Pat Starr. Last week's special uh, was the Christine Erickson, and that was, uh, it was a shot of tequila, and uh, I think it was a Coors Light tap for five fifty. I know you didn't mention it on the air yesterday, but did you ask the mayor while he was in studio oh! what would be the potent potable that would best be suited for him? I forgot all about that. Man. Because I just popped into my brain right now, so don't feel bad because yeah. I didn't think about it yesterday either. I don't know why I didn't think about that. I I still think a, a nice, yeah, maybe it's a red wine, but a light, not a not a full bodied red. Perhaps a pinot, a pinot noir. Yeah, it's it's not not one of those mad dogs. We don't want those. No, no. no. we want something a little bit more fresca. Little, uh, Strawberry Hill, little Boone's Farm action. Ugh, God. No, Strawberry Mountain, I think is what it was called. Boone's Farm, Strawberry Mountain. Mogan David. 
Or Manischewitz. <laughs> that's that's what that's what we'll have for. I don't think they have any Mogan David down at Club David, but they should. They might have some Boone's Farm though. That would be really funny. If you get Boone's Farm, you don't like you don't get it in a glass or something. You just buy it by the bottle. It's like four dollars a bottle. Yeah, and you, oh you, you, yeah, you don't pour it into a glass either. No, no, no. I just had a flashback to college. Whew, hold on a minute. I gotta, whew, I gotta get my breath. Easy now, easy. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we'll be down at Club David tonight for public input round three, and uh, it should be really fun. Uh, blogger Scott Arisman will be there with me, and uh, we'll be chatting. Uh, uh, we'll, you know, we'll have sort of rolling commentary on the, uh, style and substance of the city council. It's been very informative these past two weeks to have conversations about what's going on during the council meeting while it's happening. And we got the uh, closed captioning fixed, by the way, on the big screen. So that helps when you're, cause people are talking, you know, and you can't, you know, you don't want, but you can hear it and then you can watch the closed captioning if you're just kind of paying attention. You know, if you're having a, a side convo off off in the corner about something or another, and then you can see, oh, that's I got uh, I got point of order on my, my city council bingo card. You know what I mean? And there is a prize for city council bingo, by the way. So you're going to want to co- that's that's just an added bonus to the expansion of your knowledge that you're already getting your your general understanding of city government, and then. Of course, the prize and the fellowship. That's big. You get to meet and make new friends at this thing. That's right. I have. I've made some new friends. People just showed up. Some of my old friends showed up. It was fun. So Club David, of course, is right across the street from Town Hall on East or East and West 10th Street uh, between Dakota and Maine. And uh, we'll be hanging out there. We'll be there about 630. Uh, Arisman will be there. Uh, Disgruntled former city commissioner Matt Staub is unable to attend. So we will not have the benefit of his vast well of city government knowledge, but that's okay. That we'll 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 fight through that. I think you guys can hold your own. I think so, but it's it's just fun to sit and watch the council and talk about the issues of the day and the things that are happening in our fair city. So I look forward to seeing everybody down there. Um, we've got a great show for you today. Our guests in, include, and this is where the uh, universe part comes in. Uh, we're going to talk with uh, J.C. Ferris. Uh, we're going to talk about life on Mars, whether there's life on Mars with J.C. Ferris. He's got this book called Once Upon a Time, 13.81 Billion Years Ago. And so we'll talk about the origins of the universe and religion and science. And he's a very interesting dude uh, who has uh, done a lot of things and has this intense um, interest in Mars. And of course, there was news about Mars not so long ago that there probably was a vast lake on Mars at one point. So that's news, right? Life on Mars. That's pretty cool. And we've got probes up there yeah. roving around. Yeah, you'd think they'd find it. Uh, the Boon Man is our weird friend of the day, Thinking, speaking of aliens. And blogger Pat Powers of the Dakota War College Dot com will be with us to talk about politics from the right side of the aisle. And I'll have a PL statement just after the break. And today's topic is uh, development in our city's core. That's about how I can put it. And it relates to tonight at the city council meeting. So there you go. That's coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. 
318 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Indeed, we will get a little closer to three on today's PL statement here on the Patrick Lally Show, where we look through the news and chat about things that are, you know, happening, that are uh, disturbing, that are uh, enlightening. And today we'll, we'll talk about something that's going to happen at the city council meeting tonight. And uh, this has been bubbling up for a little while, and that is uh, whether or not uh, the city should uh, allow the demolition of uh, some homes on uh, South Dakota Avenue, right off Minnesota and 18th. So on that block between 18th and 19th, Minnesota, Dakota, where currently there's, you know, there's some houses on that block and uh, some different things, right? So uh, the developer there wants to tear down the houses. And, you know, there's, to be clear, the issue before the council right now isn't so much like a rezoning or anything. And we talked about this with the mayor yesterday. Uh, the, the question for the council today is whether they can, they should let them tear them down. Okay. And the issue, one of the issues is these are old houses. They uh, are in a historic district. They're in one of the historic neighborhoods. I believe it's technically the Sherman neighborhood, but it butts up against the all saints neighborhood. And you know, the all saints folks are pretty active. And some of them are concerned about the plans here, and they have some right to be. I'll say this. Uh, there are four houses involved uh, in this deal uh, on Dakota and 19th Street. And, you know, these are not, uh, when you say historic, it's an historic neighborhood, and maybe they have some uh, historic elements to it, but they're boarded up, all right? And and there may be some uh, value in rehabbing those houses, there's a lot of houses that are being rehabbed over there. And I would think that um, some of the folks who are involved in the rehabbing of old homes in that neighborhood, across the street, down the block, all over, uh, if they were potential profit centers, they would have gotten involved in that. Maybe. Now, uh, the developer in this case is somebody, I mean, there's a well-known, well-known uh, uh, developer, Sam Assam. The family's been in uh, this community for many, many, many years, several generations. Uh, Sam is the attorney for the developer, and he is quoted today in the um, in the Argus Leader story, previewing this discussion that's been going on for a while. I'm sorry, the the actual uh, owner of the parcel. This is a person named Justin Johnson, but Sam is the attorney. But he's you know well known dude. So um, it's. The, the question here is what should happen there to me? Because I don't think that there's any question that the houses are going to come down. And, you know, they have maybe some, they're old, but that doesn't necessarily make them valuable. But what is valuable in that area, and I think is important to remember, is housing. Not necessarily affordable housing, just housing, period. Um, because the thing I worry about most is that that continued expansion of the commercialization of the Minnesota Avenue corridor will uh, create a less than desirable core area, right? 
And I understand the push for commercial property and it, you, you have to allow that. It has to be there. But does it have to be the whole block? And there are some drawings in your Argus Leader today and the story by Patrick Anderson um, that are sort of concepts because there's no deal. But uh, clearly uh, they have ideas on what kind of operation may go there. And what they're showing now is basically a parking lot with a store in the middle of it, um, a sort of drugstore kind of looking thing. Um, and and that, that concerns me because we have been talking lately about the value of tearing down a bunch of existing structures to build one business, okay? And this is something that gets, uh, that has been discussed by the organization called Strong Towns that I talk about on this show for, on occasion that uh, Chuck uh, Mahone, Marone, who was in town not so long ago from that organization, and really spurred a lot of, I think, interesting discussion uh, amongst folks here, uh, including the mayor. And the, the question that he raises is in situations like this where you've got, say, older commercial property or, you know, multi-store fronts or you've got homes or whatever it is and you, a developer comes in, buys the whole block, tears it all down to build, say, a fast food restaurant or a drugstore or what have you, that what you essentially do is lower the tax revenue because oftentimes people get tax breaks to do these things and that sort of thing. But it, a parking lot is not as valuable as a commercial structure. So what you've done is taken one block with, say, 10 different ownership entities and 10 different uh, tax-paying entities and reduced it to one and essentially reduced the value of the property overall and therefore reduced the tax revenue overall. And if you do that over and over and over again, you can reduce the tax value, the land value, and the overall tax revenue from an entire area. Uh, and all that does is put the burden on the other taxpayers because you can't lose tax revenue one place and not make it up somewhere else. I mean, you can, but you got to cut something, right? Okay, so that's the big picture. In the more micro picture here in terms of our city and our core, uh, I just think that that area could still be multi-use. Uh, it could be townhomes. It's been done. Um, it was just down the street on Spring Avenue uh, near 22nd. A group of doctors who owned that property um, had a clinic there, did something different, moved out of there. They tore down the clinic and they built uh, uh, multifamily, you know, townhomes. You know, high, you know, regular housing. It's not low income housing. It's not Section 8 stuff, all right? Doesn't have to be low income. Just housing in the core is very important to keep people living in the area. All different kinds of people, all different kinds of backrooms, backgrounds, all different kinds of incomes, all of it, so that you maintain thriving commercial and services so that you maintain a quality of life in the core that everybody wants to share in. Otherwise, you become balkanized and you do start to have socioeconomic uh, barriers, essentially, geographic barriers, and that's not good in the long term. That's not good for downtown development. It's not good for overall city development. So I think that's really the issue. I don't know if that's what will be discussed tonight, but I hope it is. I hope it's, you know, what is the proper land use here, not 
what is uh, the most expedient or uh, the near-term deal that somebody wants to make. And I, I think that will be the discussion, and we'll see tonight. Um, and you can come and watch it with me at uh, Club David if you want. That's where we'll be, and we'll be talking about this big issue. It'll be fun. That's the bottom line on today's P&L statement. You can agree or disagree with me, of course, and uh, come on down and do that. But you can send me an email, Patrick at KSOO.com. You can tweet at us at P. Lally Show. Always want to hear from you. This is, we'll be, I should note, we're going to come right back after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters, and then we're going to talk to the Boon Man on Weird Friends. And that will be awesome. So stick with us. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 334 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Got fired from a cattle drive up north. The ropes of the gallows was swinging in the breeze. All the wanted posters had pictures of me. I got Michael 45. And we bring in four weird friends today, the Boone Man and Boone Man. How's your summer going, buddy? Uh, too fast. I mean, okay, first of all, it was way too hot, way too fast. Yeah. Um, you know, the hillbilly pool set a record for an opening date 10 days before Memorial Day. You're kidding me. The hillbilly pool was open because remember how, how, just how awful hot it was. I mean, it was great. I love the heat. It was hot. Yeah. Very hot. And uh, you know, typically uh, the hillbilly pool does not open until well after Memorial Day, but it was open 10 days before new league record. Yeah. Yeah. This last month has been terrible. It, I haven't been able to really be in the hillbilly pool. And if you know, if you know anything about uh, hillbilly pools, you know they got to be they got to be active. I mean, it has a has a, a filter and you know, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But you need to be in it, moving around, mm-hmm. and people in it. How's the water looking? Uh, you know, uh, I had a little trouble with the pump, so it got a little uh, algae uh, <laughs> up on me a little bit. A true um, hillbilly uh, fashion. And not like uh, like Madison Green or anything. <laughs> but I mean it was, but you know you throw some uh, algicide in there, a little chlorine, it's fine now, and uh, it's just too cold to be in. So um, uh, as I understand it from the forecast, it's gonna be hot and humid this weekend. So it should be uh, hillbilly pool time this weekend. That's awesome. Now, when it comes time, you know, say mid November, when it's time to drain the hillbilly pool. Do you just pull the plug on the side and kind of hope for the hillbilly skating rink, or how does that work? No, it, uh, it, I leave the water in it. I just drain it down a little bit below the plumbing, and then it just it freezes. You're kidding me. No. Nope. Well, that, that's nice then. And you don't have to fill it all back up in the summertime. No, because it's, you know, it's about 13,000 gallons, roughly, in that, <laughs> in that pool. Um, it's 24 feet round and 4 feet deep. And, uh, so, yeah. If you're going to go hillbilly, go big, right? Well, you know, I got I got my eyes on a bigger hillbilly. <laughs> you know, we'll see. I don't know. I mean, who am I, J.D. Rockefeller? <laughs> That's so. right. That's cool. Well, I'm, you know, I haven't actually seen you in person since, I think, mm, early June. I don't think so. So that's probably by design. Yeah. Um, say, uh, <laughs> do you, you know, you travel a lot. Yes, I do. Do you stop at the state's finer uh, establishments to tour. Do you, do you have any interest in what's out there anymore? I do. I, I, I in fact, I, I mean, I, I don't travel much in the state of South Dakota. I travel, I, I drive a lot, but I mm-hmm. go out to uh, typically Kansas City and points south of here. 
uh, so I don't do much travel in the state because you run out of South Dakota pretty soon when you head south. Um, yes. But I do, you know, I, I do talk to a lot of folks. I live out near the interstate, and I do see a lot of travelers going through. And I, I, I ran into a a, a, tra- a traveling family at a, a gas station near uh, Interstate 90, and they asked me uh, what they thought if if I thought they should go to the Corn Palace. No, <laughs> they're asking. They're looking for some local knowledge there. <laughs> we have the world's only Corn Palace. Yeah. You know, I got to talking to him a little bit about it. And, Did you just and say they, no? No, I oh, don't. Okay. I talked about it, and they, and they asked, you know, how they apparently they had done some reading because they asked how often they changed the, the pictures on there. Mm-hmm. And, well, not so often. It's not really anything compared to the changing of the guard at Buckingham Palace. <laughs> the changing of the corn at the Corn Palace isn't as regular. No. Probably is not as photo-worthy no. uh, of that. You know, they'll do it all the time. I think they're... I think they're working on one right now, though, with Dakota Wesleyan mm-hmm. and their computer program design people. I think it's uh, kind of militaria. Um, what? It, it might be. I might be making that up, but I think it, <laughs> I think it's the uh, the armed forces, different uh, oh, army, sure. Force, Marines, Coast Guard, uh, uh, Space Force. Everything is going to be in there. Space Force, of course. <laughs> um, but I think right now. It's uh, it's uh, South Dakota weather. On the whole thing? Uh, yeah. Um, it's, uh, you know, like lightning, thunder, drought, mm-hmm. grasshoppers, plague, mm-hmm. frog. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is a, uh, there's a corn cam, you know. You can look at it live. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, that must be very exciting. It is, because uh, you can see the corn. <laughs> In all its glory. Like people walking by. It is, it is South Dakota. I'm looking at it right now, and it does say South Dakota weather is what the marquee says, 2017-2018. That seems a little unimaginative to me. Well, you know, they've been doing it for a long time. Yeah. Uh, those, those murals that have been up there going way back to, oh, they, they asked if they, if they nailed them up there. And I don't know. I, don't think, I think they do nail those corn caps. Up there with a, you know, they probably just use a hammer. They probably use an air nailer now. Yeah, just like an air gun, just like they're shingling the roof. 1892. 1892. They've been putting murals up there, and there were times where, uh, you know, of course they didn't change it or they left it up there Mm. or, you know, for whatever reason it was. uh, The war. Drought, war, you know, know, even things like, you know, the World Series. They knocked that off for a while. You know, they didn't play that for a while Mm. during wartime. But um, sometimes they change it every year, sometimes a couple years. Um, But it is the world's only corn palace and also, coincidentally, the world's largest bird feeder. (laughs) I suppose. Why not? You know, or squirrel feeder. How do they keep the squirrels off that thing? Squirrel guns. Yeah. Bag guns. Yeah, when, when you when you, and when you head down to downtown Mitchell, there are a couple of cafes that have squirrel stew. Yeah, of course. Why not? We, yeah. Well, you know my idea about Goose Fest, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's I don't. very similar. Uh, where you can yeah have a contest. The uh, uh, you know though, it's the world's only corn palace now. It's not the world's only corn palace ever, because there used to be one in Sioux City. And I think other sort of Midwestern outlets, but for some reason, 
ours has uh, stood the it's test of time. It's run the others out of business. Now, I have. Have you ever been to an event at the Corn Palace? Yes, unfortunately, what? basketball game. It's just a basketball court, and it's not even a big one. No, I, no, they have concerts. Yeah, I know. There's a stage. It's like a high school gym. There's a basketball court, there's a stage on one side, and then there's seats on the other. I will give you one American dollar if you can guess the musical act I saw there as a youth. Willie Nelson. No. Uh, Wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, Oh, it's coming to me. Juice Newton. (laughs) 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 No, like... Is eerie how close that is. Roy, <laughs> Roy Clark. Oh, see, that was my next guess. Roy Clark, of course. Uh, Roy was, Clark. He was picking and somebody was grinning. No, he was just picking. There was nobody there to do the grinning. But, no. man, I'm telling you, that kid can play the banjo and the guitar. Oh, he was, he's a very talented dude. You know, and, in fact, uh, Kenny Putnam, our own Kenny Putnam, played with the Roy Clark Band for many years. Yeah. Did you know that? I did not know that. And they're uh, the the Kenny's playing in town here. Some doing some benefit for public radio. But uh, yeah, Kenny Putnam. They play a lot now. He plays around. He's back. So he played in uh, Roy Clark's band. We lived in Nashville. And Red Willow Band. Is that uh, that guy. That's the guy. The fiddle player. There you go. The one and only. Yeah, Roy. So you saw. Wait. Wait a minute. How did you end up there? Your parents make you go? Yeah. Boon mom, boo dad took me there as a kid. And uh, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Great! Uh, it was a, a very good concert. Uh, uh, yeah. Hey, I got uh, I got something else to ask you about, but I um, I need to do this commercial. Can you hold on? Yeah, sure. All right, we're gonna come right back, and we're gonna talk more with the Boone Man yeah. on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand K S O O. We weren't even supposed to be there. It was just another run. Took a detour across the river, make it back home before dawn. 347 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSO. I got an hour ahead of myself there, and we are chatting with the Boone Man on Weird Friends. And, uh, Boone Man, there's something I want to talk to you about. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um, I, these, uh, these vanity plates, see, you're, yeah. you're a guy who I think would have uh, insight into sort of what's What's good and what's bad? And I think sometimes people need an editor. You know what I mean? Like, well, they do. I they're just. I saw one today. It's funny you should bring that up. I, I saw one today that said, um, "Well, it was a Dodge Challenger. You know, the new mm-hmm. Dodge Challenger, which is a great car. I love it. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, if you get a chance to drive one sometime, holy free, holy, <laughs> hang on to your shorts." Yeah. Even the six-cylinder in it is just uh, unbelievably uh, fast. I can't believe how, how powerful this is an aside. So you and I come from an era of uh, yeah. Mopars yeah. with yeah. Uh, sort of generally gutless that 318s. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, 318, bulletproof. Yeah, go for a million years, but, yeah. you know, off the line, not so much. The oh. cars you can buy today are just Three. frightening. Yeah. I could never own one. No. I, as you know, when I travel, I rent cars, and I usually try to I tell them if it's a, you know, I, I try to find me something cool. You mm-hmm. know, I usually get something big. I like, a, I like to be up and like carry stuff. And, and who knows if I might buy something when I'm down on a, tra- on a trip. That right. I have to haul something back in. And, 
but I've had smoker pit or something like that, some big barbecue operation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. smoker. You know who knows. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've I've rented Camaros and Challengers, and man, mm. telling you, I could never own one because I would have I would have my license taken away. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean you can set the the, the it's an automatic transmission. You can set it to different shift pattern. Oh yeah, the you sport can manual and do paddle shifting with your hands on the on the. Uh, Right on the uh, on the on the steering wheel, mm-hmm. and uh, take the traction control off. <laughs> I mean, man, I'm telling you, scary. But okay, so I saw this Challenger. Yep. And now Challenger, C H A L L E N G E R, ten letters. Mm-hmm. You can have seven. They took out a couple of vowels, and it says Challenger on it. Mm-hmm. Well, I can. I don't even need to see. I can see it from two blocks away. I can see that's a Challenger. <laughs> yeah. I don't need to read it on the license plate. And even if I couldn't tell what it was, it says Challenger right on there. The manufacturer, <laughs> they put Challenger right on there. And I see that quite often. Mm-hmm. That the, the personalized plate will be whatever kind of car it is. Yeah, I saw one I, yesterday. It was a 5.0 liter Mustang, new new one, and a uh, nice car. And all same same thing. You can't put a point in there, so it was yeah. fifty Stang or something like that. Yeah. I'm like, I really thanks, guy. Yeah, I saw I saw a GTO yesterday. A new the the new ver- not not new now anymore, but mm-hmm. the 2008 or whatever when they, when Pontiac came back with a GTO, it said uh, GTO. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised Wait. that somebody doesn't have one of those. Well, already. actually, it's a GTO. It said NAS GTO. Oh, so got it. Got it set up for racing. So, ah. you know, it's, uh, but I could tell uh, even before that, even before it set, I read NAS on there. Mm-hmm. I could tell they had that thing set up for racing. Yeah, the big fat tires. Probably the back end is tubs. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just uh, barely street legal type of a deal. But yeah, I, use a little imagination. But the thing is, though, some people go too far. You know what I'm saying? Because they don't really sound it out. Yep. Like I saw this one uh recently and apparently this person sells real estate for a living mm-hmm. and they have the initials kd okay and they they took out some vowels and it was r-e-a-l-t-r-k-d r-e-a-l real t-r-k-d you know what that looks like when you see it on a plate real torqued yeah <laughs> not realtor you know Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I get that. So, yeah. so everybody's arriving around, why are you so mad? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that. And then there's others. I mean, you should be able to figure them out, what they mean. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you can't, so I'm not sure what they're there for. Um, but I have, on my on one of my vehicles, mm-hmm. uh, I have the um, the organization or the affinity yes. plate. Yes. Where it's 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 got like a four by four uh, blank spot, and then you know like five letters mm-hmm. or five numbers and letters uh, for that. So that, that you you know you're supposed to put a sticker there like pheasants forever mm-hmm. or uh, USD. You know, exactly USD. SDSU has one. The the Shriners. You know, there's hundreds of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I hardly ever see a sticker on them because I think most people like me they get that plate. So that when they're out hunting in the uh, uh, the nether regions of mm-hmm. South Dakota, uh, aka anywhere outside of Sioux Falls, mm-hmm. that it doesn't have that Minnehaha County or or, or uh, Lincoln County 
of 44 or 1 on there so that they don't think, oh, here's some a-hole from Sioux Falls. That's right. I think that's, I think that's very common, actually, uh, and yeah. appropriate. So. Yeah, it is. Oh, deservedly so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, if I'm out, you know, I see people ask me where I'm from, uh, you know, uh, Renner. Renner. You know, it's uh, just south of Del Rapids. <laughs> by Sioux Falls. <laughs> very near Del Rapids. Yeah, so very near. I go to Del Rapids for most of my um, commerce mo- movie going. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, you know uh, <laughs> the the what was I thinking about with license plates? Now you now you, now you got got me all messed up. Mm-hmm. Oh, I always going to have back in the day. Yeah, back in the Tempest days. Yeah, in the dim mists of history, we had talked about getting Tempest license, but you know they weren't as common back then. You know, but then you think. Hmm. Two yeah. things. Two bad things can happen there. One, somebody sees it, understands who you are, and then starts you know throwing eggs at you. Two, you know, uh, you're yeah. you're uh, 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 running from the cops or something, and yeah, that never happens. But uh, it you know, so I I opted against it. Yeah. Thankfully, I think that you know some something being done to the car, um, mm-hmm. probably the most likely thing mm-hmm. there. What I always say, beware the steaming cobra. I mean, it's just, uh, if you, I, don't, I don't even know if you can Google that up and find out what that means, but if you want to, call Patrick, I'll tell him. And, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, a, yeah, the steaming cobra. No, I, no, I know what you're talking about. Okay. I think everybody does now. Right on the windshield. Oh, nice. Your first reaction is hit the, you hit the washers, yep. add bad move. <laughs> And that's what you get when you try and bring attention to yourself by putting what kind of car you have on your license plate. There, we brought it full circle. Yep. Nice work, Boone Man. Yeah, there you go. Just trying to do my part to help out the citizens of the city. I appreciate that. Hey, uh, thanks a lot, and we hopefully we'll get to talk to you next week. All right, deal. All right, see you. Coming up after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters, we're going to chat with Pat Powers from Dakota War College dot com about politics this is the patrick lally show information 1000 kso this is a public service announcement with guitar know your rights 358 on the patrick lally show information 1000 kso this saturday a big event. It's the Step Big for Parkinson's. 9 a.m. registration, 10 a.m. the walk begins. It's at Canaries Baseball Stadium. $25 to register. It is a benefit for the Parkinson's Foundation of South Dakota. For more information, see the events calendar at KSO.com, where we've got information on events from around the region. Coming up after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters, blogger Pat Powers of Dakota War College is with us. And then we'll chat with a gentleman who's written a book called Once Upon a Time, 13.81 Billion Years Ago. Stay with us. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Four oh six on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And we have on the phone from the beautiful city of Brookings, South Dakota, where he blogs under the Dakota War College uh, title. 
authorship, uh, Mr. Pat Powers, who's with us most Tuesdays to talk about politics from the right side of the aisle. Pat, how are you? Doing great. Awesome. Uh, so things are starting to heat up. It's uh, August is coming to an end. Uh, Dakota Fest is underway, and and we're, our our campaigns for governor and house and uh, attorney general and uh, whatever else is on the ballot, legislative stuff. It's all starting to come to fruition. The many months of planning are coming together. Well, we're we're kind of heading out of the of the summer doldrums, and people are getting their kids back into school and. And now we're we're starting to put our attention to uh, to politics and and campaigns, and people are getting out there and knocking on doors. So a big part of the politics, um, and I, I you had mentioned it uh, when we were just chatting, and and I've seen some reports, uh, still no details yet, but apparently uh, President Trump is looking at a visit to South Dakota in the near term. Uh, what does that mean for the candidates on the Republican ticket, do you think? Well, you know, it, it, I think uh, a lot of it depends on timing and, and popularity. Because if you recall, uh, we, uh, we had a President Bush visit mm-hmm. for, uh, for John Thune back when he was running against, uh, I believe it was Tim Johnson, yep. that uh, didn't go so well. We were in the middle of a drought mm-hmm. and People were crabby, and and uh, it was not viewed as a as a positive. But you know, we've also had other other presidential visits that have gone just fine. And and South Dakota, we're we're fortunate in that President Trump is relatively popular here, and so, or I should say, at the moment, uh, he's relatively popular here. So it may uh, it may end up going better than better than uh, people might uh, think in a in a year where. Uh, we've got uh, uh, the presidency, so people kind of wonder, well, sometimes the president isn't quite so popular. Well, in the midterm, the midterm elections after a uh, presidential is always usually not so good for the party in power, but uh, we'll see what happens. This in South Dakota, what's interesting is, of course, uh, Republicans uh, in the gubernatorial race and the, and the Senate or the uh, House race are favored, uh, that's fair to say, and the uh, uh, the issue of tariffs is resonating to a fair degree. We had Dusty Johnson. Uh, we just had a news story uh, with Dusty talking about the um, tariffs and the, the the this payment to farmers and how it might work and what it might mean. Uh, and he's you know not terribly enthused about just getting a payment. Um, as we get further and further into this trade war with China. Uh, what effect do you think that would have on an appearance by uh, Donald Trump in farm country? Well, you know, again, I, I think it depends on the message and and where we are. Uh, you know, if if he's visiting fairly early and and we're you know we're we're not farmers aren't deeply affected by the tariffs at the time. Uh, you know, it should be a net positive. But you know, if this continues to drag on and people are unhappy uh, i mean it could have a negative effect now it it's interesting to me that he would come to south dakota in this cycle because this doesn't seem to be a competitive state particularly uh there are plenty of competitive races all around us uh, are, are you surprised at all that that he would come to south dakota well you know sometimes it's nice to come to fed- friendly territory too <laughs> yeah, that's right uh, and and if you think about it, he really hasn't made a visit here yet where 
you know, he's he's hit some of the other states. I, I believe he uh, he made a, a North Dakota visit mm-hmm. here not that long ago, mm-hmm. and so you know we're we're usually towards the bottom of the list just because of our just because of our population. So mm-hmm. it's a it's a good way to to make a check off on the list and you know say he's done it. Uh, you know the story I was reading talked about how he wanted to go more places than uh, than. President Obama did so. You know, it's it's an easy way to check off the list by flying in and flying out of Sioux Falls. Yeah, it pro- probably will be a pretty short visit. Oh, I, I would almost guarantee it's going to be a short visit. That's just the nature of these things. I mean, there have been occasions where they've been longer, but not that many. No, no. You know, I I don't see anybody setting up a, a summer camp out in the Custer State Park. Oh, and the new te- the new uh, Calvin Coolidge, right? <laughs> That's right. The next, That's right. I'm the new Calvin. Nobody will ever say that. I want to be just like Calvin Coolidge. Um, we're going to come right back and talk more with Pat Powers from the DakotaWarCollege.com and chat more about uh, politics and the state elections and all the good stuff going on. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. 417 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. And we return to our conversation with Pat Powers. Of course, he is the blogger at DakotaWarCollege.com, and we chat with two, Pat most Tuesdays. I see uh, we talked about t- Donald Trump coming to the state and some news breaking there. Also, uh, news in just the last few moments here, or last half hour or so, Paul Manafort found guilty on eight counts in his fraud trial. Of course, Paul Manafort, former uh, campaign uh, uh, manager for Donald Trump. Do you think that that news and that guilty uh trial that the the finding of guilty in that his trial has any impact on the midterms at all not really uh you know some of that just hasn't really seemed to affect president trump at all and if it's not affecting him uh it's certainly not going to filter down to republicans at the state level you know i i think there's between the between the local republicans and the and the presidency, I mean, there's even more of a, a disconnect than there used to be. You know, everybody everybody says we need to do something about those scoundrels in Washington, but leave our scoundrels alone. Mm-hmm. We, we like them just fine. Uh, Christy Noem has been uh, uh, not, uh, not shy about being, uh, I don't know how to put this, she's not a, a, a huge Trump fan, but she also doesn't really disavow the president and and says things that are fairly supportive uh, in a governor's race. Does it have any effect at all because she was in Congress? Will that fold over at all into the governor's race in terms of whether or not Trump and the president's policies become an issue for her against uh, her uh, in her race against Billy Sutton? You know, again, I, I think it would have to get a lot worse before it affects anything at all. Uh, you know, and I think part of it is because. You have Democrats who who have just been beating the drum for so long. I, I think people have turned tuned it out. Yeah. You know, it, you know, just through you know, from what you see through social media, you know, and, and other places, uh, it, it's it comes off as a bit shrill anymore. 
and I think Joe Sixpack, uh, they're they're kind of tired of seeing it on Facebook, and you know, they, and people people actually believe that there's a uh, uh, an organized effort in the media to attack the president. It, I mean, I think that message is penetrating too. So I I, I think it kind of drowns itself out. Do you think that there's a deep state conspiracy against the president? Uh, no, but I think there's a lot of people who don't like him. <laughs> That's fair to say. Uh, hey, you had a, a very interesting photo on your blog, uh, and it was a picture of Randy Seiler and Jason Roundsburg, who are the uh, uh, candidates for attorney general in South Dakota. Both stand, I think it was at the Brown County Fair, wasn't it? With a big yep. cutout of Donald Trump. Yes, yes, it was. Yes, it was. There's a somewhat humorous story about that because Randy's Randy's kind of cuddling up to Republicans, wanting to make himself appeal to Republicans, and and he was over at the Brown County Fair booth and apparently approached Jason Roundsburg and said, "Let's get a photo." <laughs> and, and Jason said, "Well, sure, let's get one here with President Trump." And and, and Randy was kind of boxed in on that one. Yeah, that's right. Well, he's holding a fly swatter. Apparently, I don't I don't know if that has some sort of symbolism. You can always get a good fly swatter at a county fair, right? Well, and and uh, I, I believe that's what uh, that's what Randy's holding out, but it's kind of tough to read his uh, read his message in the photo. Yeah, well, county fairs they're great great places for politicking, and that's what's going on up in Brown County right now. Um, let, let's talk about Dakota Fest for just a second. We last week we talked about how it's become a very political event. Uh, uh, Christy Nome has uh, announced what debate she's taking part in, and she's not going to take part in a forum with Billy Sutton at Dakota Fest. She will be. Uh, in a South Dakota public broadcasting uh, debate and a uh, Kello debate. Those are the two she accepted. Um, this a, a good move for her to just, because I think uh, Billy Sutton had accepted 11 different uh, invitations. Are you surprised that it's only two by Christy Noem? Well, no, no, not at all. And, and it's not uncommon. Uh, I mean, if you recall when Tim Johnson ran against uh, uh, Joel Dykstra, he refused to debate him at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it and, happens when you're the incumbent because there's usually nothing good can come of it. Well, you know, I, I don't think it would cause Christy any grief, but why would you give your opponent uh, the or the free media? Mm-hmm. That's exactly and, right. That, and so there's a and, lot more and, that goes into it than just, oh, I don't want to debate him. Yeah, it's it's why do you want to give your opponent who's, Who's desperate for exposure on a statewide stage? Why would why would you put him, why would you let him take steal your sunshine? Basically, yeah. <laughs> you know, why why is... would you why would you promote him? Because you know Christie's kind of the big show in town and and very popular, and she's the incumbent. I mean, it's it's a age old story with uh, incumbents and debates. Yeah, it never changes. Every single race. Every single cycle, it's the same conversation. And Absolutely. It gets, gets a little tedious after a while, but that's the way it goes. And, you know, for, from her standpoint, you don't have to do it. Uh, and if she doesn't have to do it, why would you? Because there's always a chance to slip up. You know, it's live. And uh, the more times you do it, the more you start to just do it by rote you know, and you have a chance to, to mess up. So, uh, I think there are, I haven't seen the, the, like any final countdown on the house race though. There'll probably be more debates in the house race, right? Oh, I, I would anticipate since with the, uh, 
you know, with the nature of the the challenge there, I mean, Dusty, you know, and, and Dusty's, uh, you know, he, he's a pretty energetic guy and, and he's going to go out there and seek those opportunities. Yeah. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't shy away from that. And as he said, there'll be some of the most boring debates you're ever going to see between he and, uh, <laughs> and Tim Bjorkman. They'll be talking, they'll be talking about policy minutia until they turn off the cameras. Good times well, for everybody. I, I, I would agree with that. That's uh, it's going to be great things to watch. Uh, right before bedtime. <laughs> um, the other thing that's been going on, you've been writing about this now, and it's this continuing fight between Stace Nelson and uh, the, the, the state senator from uh, Fulton over there in the Alexandria area and basically the rest of the Republican Party. Um, the latest was this, uh, this uh, continuing issue about uh, whether or not you're in uh, the Republican caucus or this uh, splinter caucus that he formed with uh, uh, it's Theresa May, and um, it, this just keeps going on and on. Um, you're posting about it, kind of calling him a crybaby. What's up with that? Well, you know, if you think about it, Stace came out and he openly sent out a press release that he was that they were forming the, this caucus and they were creating a political action committee to raise money because people don't give, quote, conservatives a lot of money. So, so he creates this caucus to compete against Republicans, and he creates this political action committee against Republicans. And what they've basically done is say, okay, go ahead. But, you know, if you're, if you're going to be a member of that caucus, don't expect us to pay for it. Yeah, and so they're not going to... Here's the issue I have at some measure, though, is... Do you think that um, uh, Lee Quam, uh, who's the who's the majority leader in the House, right? I got that right. He Correct. he. Uh, uh, there's like a, essentially a, a confidentiality agreement that you won't tell anybody what happens in caucus. Do you think that that really uh, first is? I mean, it's not really binding because you can't bind somebody like that. And is it really? appropriate can't i mean essentially your members when they come out of a caucus it's a closed organization but they should be able to talk how what do you think about that that sort of don't tell anybody what happens behind closed doors situation you know they've they've had that rule for as long as i've been in politics you know what what happens in caucus stays in caucus because you know sometimes they have pretty pretty free-ranging discussions sure you know it's they're they're talking strategy, you know, because ultimately it's a uh, you know it's a political meeting, mm-hmm. you know it's a political strategy meeting. It's you know sometimes they have communications from the governor, sometimes they have other parties come in for information. I mean they're they're strategizing, mm-hmm. and so a lot goes on there that uh, they don't necessarily want to tip their hand. But but they've always had that rule of don't talk about what happens in caucus and but and, they haven't uh, had a they haven't had sign your name here uh well and and i think the reason for them doing this is mainly because they want to find out who the people coming in are planning on affiliating mm-hmm. with you know i don't think it's anything hard and binding but you know if they're going to get out there and support a challenger candidate who's running against democrat before they you know, go out and try to raise, you know, $5,000 for them. I mean, resources are limited. So mm-hmm. 
if somebody's going to go in and and you know support the minority caucus that Stace is putting on, uh, they don't necessarily want to invest a lot of money in that. Right. Uh, Pat Powers, he's a blogger at DakotaWarCollege.com, and he's with us most Tuesdays to talk about politics from the right side. Pat, thanks a lot, and hopefully we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Coming up after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters, we are talking to J.D. Ferris. I'm sorry, J.C. Ferris, and he's an author. He's got a book called Once Upon a Time, 13.81 Billion Years Ago. We're going to talk about life on Mars. Stay with us. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Four thirty-seven on the Patrick Lally Show, Information One Thousand KSOO, and we bring in now. I'm very happy to have on the line from Indianapolis, Indiana, where he lives, J.C. Ferris, who is the author of Once Upon a Time, thirteen point eight one billion years ago, and uh, we are going to talk a little bit about you know life in the universe. Mr. Ferris, thanks for being here today. Oh well, thank you, Patrick. It's uh, my pleasure. Uh, so you've, you have a book, uh, about, uh, the, the universe, which, you know, why not go big if you're going to write a book, right? And, right, right, yeah. but, uh, I, the first thing I want to talk to you about is this, uh, discovery, um, recently that we heard about, uh, that there's, uh, essentially a discovery of, uh, what, at least what used to be an underground lake on Mars. How excited, uh, as a person who looks at the universe, studies the universe and writes about it, how, how excited were you about this discovery? Well, I mean, it, it, it's just a, a continuing reaffirming of, of what really has been known for a long time. Because, like the uh, uh, like Earth, Mars has uh, polar ice caps, mm-hmm. and and those ice caps uh, uh, on Mars uh, con- contain a substantial uh, amount of uh, of water, and uh, uh, each each of the ice caps is uh similar uh, in size and and comp- you know the amount of of uh, water within them to uh, the the entire greenland uh ice shelf here on earth hmm. so that's that's a lot <laughs> yeah and and so and of course mars is not as big uh uh, uh as planet uh from a size standpoint as earth so it's uh you know, it it uh, it had a lot of water at one time, and and uh, there's a you know just more more and more evidence of this water, and of course with water, uh, the possibility of life is uh, exponentially uh, increased because the water is considered, of course, the the key ingredient uh, for or for life forms. Yeah, and we don't really uh, understand what that might be because, you know, we only have the theories based on what life is here on Earth. But what do you think, what does that mean for uh, if, if in fact, they we are able to confirm some sort of living organism existed on Mars whenever, what does that mean for well, our, our concept of what life is? Well, I you know... 
it, it reaffirms the creation. I mean, uh, what occurs in the creation, because, hey, really, uh, when our, what we call our solar system, our sun, which is a star, essentially, uh, when uh, our sun uh, was not quite the same sun as it is today, mm-hmm. and and so, uh, uh, like, it, it, it was like maybe 75 times, 75% as bright as, as it is now. So, so 25% less mm-hmm. is better, maybe a better way to say it. So some of the uh, factors that, that are associated with the sun, uh, such as its solar winds, these, these are very high, uh, powerful uh, winds that, that uh are sent out throughout that star or our sun's solar system, and uh, and these winds uh, can strip uh, or greatly deplete uh, any uh, planets that had formed uh, of their atmosphere. So, uh, but with it having been that much less bright, less in size, less whatever, 25% less, uh, it would have uh, permitted uh, considerably different conditions on on planets that could have fallen within what's called the uh, habitable zone. Mm-hmm. Now, so- Earth is only, Earth's the only one there now, but Venus and Mars both could have been within that. And you know the old saying, uh, women are from Venus and <laughs> men are from Mars. Well, <laughs> you know, in a, in a, in a sense that's, uh, you know, comical, but at the same time, uh, there could be some truth to it. <laughs> so, uh, so. would you believe that, that life, finding life on Mars, of whatever type, would be an affirmation of creation story? Yeah, uh, the, you know which uh, creation the, story? Which creation? Did that yeah. what you said? Yeah, like what? Oh. Well, go the, ahead. The only one there is. <laughs> you know, now I say the only one there is. The, the only one there is is explained in my book. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, yeah, there's a lot of people have different views and so on and so forth. And uh, as uh, Robert Jastrow, I love to quote him, uh, I can't do it word for word, and I don't have it in front of me, but Robert Jastrow was a, a very famous uh, a, a, and well-known uh, astrophysicist who uh, was the head of the uh, uh, Goddard uh, School for Space Studies and also the uh, NASA uh, Lunar Program. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, brilliant man. And uh, like he said, you know, when science is ever able to uh, find out or, or discover its theory of everything, that's uh, called a TOE. That's something that science mm-hmm. is, is uh, the biggest, most important search possible, uh, that uh, what, what science will find is that after they've climbed that final peak, 
and and uh, come over the mountain, they'll see a band of theologians who have been waiting there for him with them for him for centuries. So, well, uh, yeah, and 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 I I kind of paraphrase that having a discussion with Albert Einstein. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, and and that's really what's going to happen. And actually, my book explains how and why that's the case. And, and uh, uh, so okay. uh, we, we can get into that in a little bit, but at the same time, so, so yeah, Mars, uh, because of this less powerful solar winds, uh, both all three of these uh, what are called inner planets, uh, uh, rocky planets, uh, Venus, uh, Earth and Mars in order, two, three, and uh, mm-hmm. four from the uh, Sun uh, numerically, and even Mercury possibly, which is the innermost planet. Uh, you know, these were the rocky planets. These are the ones that were who, uh, uh, in, as the uh, were able to withstand the heat of the Sun, and then you know, develop into a rocky planet versus a gas planet like the outer planet yeah. uh, beginning with uh, Jupiter. And uh, JC, so, uh, we're going to take a short break here with JC Ferris, and we're going to chat uh, when we come back about his book, Once Upon a Time, 13.81 Billion Years Ago, and uh, talk more about Mars and uh, life potential out there in the universe. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Maybe the sun will shine today The clouds will blow away 4.49 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. We return to our conversation with J.C. Ferris. He's an author who wrote the book called Once Upon a Time, 13.81 Billion Years Ago. And J.C., why, do you, why the title Once Upon a Time... 13.81 billion years ago. What's that mean? Well, it is actually slightly before uh, science, uh, the dating science is uh, determined was uh, the time the Big Bang occurred. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, science tells, it, tells us it was 13.8069 billion years ago. So first question in anyone with an inquiring mind is going to ask, they're going to say, okay, so what was there before the Big Bang? So the book starts off before the Big Bang. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, and there's, uh, there's uh, considerable evidence uh, scientifically what, what there was before the Big Bang, except uh, science uh, doesn't go there. <laughs> no, and, it's, you're, but, and you're, you're uh, <laughs> supporting a, uh, the creation theory uh, with, with, uh, and how do you link that start, the Big Bang, to uh, the uh, existence of a god? Now that's a pretty short. Well, that's a pretty tough question for you know the next two minutes. But geez. you know, take your shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take my time. Okay. Well, science tells us that the Big Bang began with a minute particle of what is referred to as superforce 
encapsulating a speck of space. So if it began with those ingredients, the superforce and space, the two had to be present and on hand to have be able to do that. Wouldn't you say? They, they just didn't suddenly uh, occur and, and, and all of that. Well, we don't uh, know. All were, we know, all we know, is that it, that's the estimate of time since the Big Bang. We don't know what happened. Right, but I, but I say, but those ingredients mm-hmm. that science says uh, were re- had to have been present, or mm-hmm. you know, for the Big Bang to mm-hmm. have occurred. Yeah. Okay. So with with the Big Bang, the superforce, uh, what occurred with the Big Bang is one of the things is. Uh, that the this super force was systematically separated into the four known forces of physics that we know know today: electromagnetism, gravity, uh, what's called the strength, strong nuclear interaction, mm-hmm. and the weak nuclear interaction. Everything we know from about anything is based on those four known forces of physics. Now, science doesn't say anything about what happened to to uh, to the other uh, uh, superforce, uh, they uh, apparently assumed that it was all used up, which would be crazy because that other superforce, which you could now refer to as the unified prior to the being uh, separated into those four known forces, is a physics itself. You know, that is the mother physics, so to speak, and or the father physics, whatever term one wants to give. And so uh, essentially there are two physics that exist. Uh, one that we know of and, and we can see it. That's the visible physics. And then there's another physics that we cannot see and that is this uh, unified superforce from which the separated superforce uh, elements occurred. So, and that's what you believe to uh, be a, 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 a spiritual being, a god, a creator. Well, yeah, right. Okay. Superforce is actually often called the part, the the uh, uh, the god particle. Mm-hmm. And, We've heard about uh, that, and and you're gonna right. have to you're gonna have to read all about it in the book by J. C. <laughs> Ferris, which is called "Once Upon a Time, Thirteen Point Eight One Billion Years Ago," and see if uh, if you agree. So, uh, J.C. Ferris, I appreciate you taking the time from your home in Indianapolis. Look up the book. We'll put a link on our Twitter feed, and uh, maybe we'll talk to you again sometime. Yeah, we'll have to have set aside a couple hours. Yeah, we will. <laughs> we'll do a separate, we'll do an off-air interview available only online. Right, How's that sound? Right. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Okay. Hey, y'all have a great time out there. Thanks, buddy. And, uh, Thanks a lot. Uh, We'll be right back to tell you what's coming up tomorrow on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 458 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Don't forget, everybody, we'll be down at Club David for public input tonight during the council meeting. We'll get down there about 6.30. Meeting starts at 7. Several TVs, lots of conversation. Come on down and join us. We'll be back tomorrow. There's a Twins game, but we'll be here at some point, hopefully. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO.